You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hey, Mickey. Oh, is this this week's news hey, quiz? You're going to show me somebody? I've been oh, doing, some, I've, I've been doing oh my some God. Investi- oh my God. Photographic <laughs> investigation, Bob. What is that me morphing into Michael McFall? That's horrifying. It, it, obviously, this guy is your brother. I mean, look at the nose. The nose is exactly the same when I morph your face you morphs know? into McFall. Your chin is the same. Your cheeks are the same. This is the most convincing thing since Chelsea Clinton and Webb Hubble. I'm having an you're anxiety obviously, attack. You're obviously Just- related. And your temperaments are similar, too. You mean we keep uh, doing stupid things we have to apologize for? I mean, you're both hot-headed. Yeah. But he actually does more things that he, well, actually does apologize for. Maybe I should have. In fact, I, there's, a, there's a Michael McFall apology of the week that we can get to eventually. Um, uh, but uh, Anyway. Oh, God. What? Okay, the, the enough, what? enough. Put it away. I, we should, for our uh, listeners, for, for people who are just listening, he... he <laughs> Mickey, uh, demonstrating a level of software prowess that uh, I never would have predicted, found, came up with some kind of gift thing that morphs back and forth between my my face and Michael McFalls, the former M- U.S. ambassador to Russia, who probably has done as much as anybody to cause the, the war in Ukraine. I don't mean that in a bad way. Not as much as Victoria Newland. Uh, well, you know, they, they worked together. They were in the same uh, administration at the same time. In fact, I think he stepped down as ambassador just as that was the moment it happened or something like, uh, I think I better go. But, um, anyway, there was an eerie similarity between your features and Michael McFall. I don't see it. He, 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 uh, I've always thought he looked a little like Jeff Daniels, some, something that no one's ever said I did. He's next more. We'll, he's certainly more ruggedly handsome than I am. He's probably younger next, too. That's part of it. Next, we'll morph uh, morph you into a Web Hubble and see what happens. Okay. Uh, the, uh, you should have seen the one of Michael McFall and Anne Applebaum. <laughs> Is was, this what you've been doing all week? Doing Michael no, it's McFall? What I, was, what I was doing for an hour yesterday. Um, that was impressive. Uh, you, whatever they're paying you for this, it's not enough, Mickey. So people should That's sign sure. up at Patreon at patreon.com slash parrot room so you'll be better paid. Right? Um uh there, there you go. Uh the so I there was this David Frum tweet. Ukraine is obviously topic A, right? Uh, uh yeah, for at least another uh millennium or so, yes. Um there was a the, the situation seems to be there's a clear divide with sort of Putin bogged down, and there's these negotiations and he's told the Turks what his demands were, and his demands are basically the same as they've always been. Well, not, the, not as they were pre-war, because now I think he wants actual independence for the Donbass. Uh, okay. Two, two republics. But it's independence for the Donbass. He wants Crimea. He wants some sort of neutral status and demilitarization and denazification, whatever that is. Uh, uh, bizarrely, the, the story I read on his Turkish demands did not mention that they couldn't join the EU. So that was odd. Hmm. Uh, it'd be interesting if he's dropped that. Um, anyway, there's a divide emerging between people who say take the deal, end the war, you know, and there and the people who are the people formerly known as neocons, uh, including David Frum, who tweeted this: uh, "It doesn't work that Russia gets to invade 
an unoffending neighbor, kill thousands of people, smash cities, and then its dictator realizes that he cannot win, proposed to retreat to its starting line and pocket a no EU for Ukraine concession as a consolation prize. But basically, the the theory is we shouldn't let him get away with, uh, you know, getting the same deal or a better deal that he could have had if if uh, if you know if he cut a deal before the war. And I'm happy to take that deal. Uh, and the, you know, the, we have uh, Walter Russell Mead in the Wall Street Journal saying this is our opportunity. We have him on the run. You know, the the way to score victory, the the key to war is to pursue a retreating army and destroy it. Uh, Especially and, uh, if it has nuclear weapons. That's always been my philosophy. That was Klaus Fitz's addendum. The, yeah, the, the, yeah, uh, he, he had a footnote about nuclear weapons. Uh, but um. <laughs> Well, here's, I mean, the rhetoric in the in the meat piece is quite something. And did you read it? I didn't read it. I could have kind of guessed, I guess. I mean, he's he's oh. he's he's in many ways a neocon. Um, Mr. Biden has something else, a once in a decade opportunity to score a historic victory that reshapes the global playing field to America's advantage. To capitalize on Mr. Putin's blunder is the most important job team Biden has. How does he want this to end? He he wants us to intervene militarily and chase the troops out of Ukraine. I mean, you you, you can't no, do that without destroying Ukraine. His proposals do not match the rhetoric. He says we should arm them. Uh, we, we should strengthen sanctions and make opposition to Mr. Putin the core of our global foreign policy. Uh, uh, what about China? I thought he wanted. Doesn't he want us to? Everything's put on hold while we chase Putin. Um, Basically. Uh, anyway, it, 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 am I right in that this is a, a, a the coming divide, the current divide? Well, there will be disagreement over whether to accept whatever deals on offer once it becomes on offer. And I think, roughly speaking, this is this is it. You you acknowledge that Crimea is theirs and give away part of the Donbass either to them or or you know, as independent states guarantee some kind of neutrality, no NATO membership. I think that's the, the kind of thing I'm hearing. There will be disagreement. I mean, one thing I would point out is that pretty much all the people uh, who oppose that deal because it's positive reinforcement for invasion, among other things, are people who also opposed uh, making any significant kind of pre-war concession that might have prevented there from being an invasion that gets positively reinforced. Is it, I, I mean, is it? Is it positive reinforcement for an invasion? I mean, well, I mean, uh, he, he will pitch it that way at home for sure. You know, he'll right, try to he, convince Russians of that. It, it's a, it's, it's, it's. Uh, I think he'll he, be managed. As, I think he will manage to sell it domestically as a win. Uh, yes, probably. I mean, you know, these the, the Russian casualties are not yet huge. This is not Vietnam. Um, it's it, if you believe some, it's fifteen thousand. Well, Vietnam, Vietnam was, was 58,000. 58, 58, but but uh, I don't think I, I think that's a high, very high end estimate. I, I think the lower end estimates are still around four or five. Um, and you know, Russia has historically absorbed much bigger losses than we've ever absorbed. I mean, World War II was to them, right, you know, right. something we right. can't contemplate. The uh, so. I don't know. And, and, you know, it's it it's. 
I, I don't know how he sees his position on the battlefield right now either. Um, but Supposedly, I, time is not on his side. You keep hearing you know, that, right? They, they're running it out depends of food, on who you listen to. It depends on who you listen to. You know, if you listen to, uh, you know, what's his name? Douglas McGregor uh, on on Tucker Carlson's show, who is a, a smart military analyst. Is this Trump, this guy who in the Trump administration, yeah. uh, a colonel, um, you know, and, and you listen to the whole kind of Russians with attitude crowd. It's like, you know, look slowly. And look, the fact is on the ground. Russia is gaining ground steadily. It's it's a lot harder than I think they thought it was going to be, but uh, they are gaining ground. The Ukrainians aren't. Uh, maybe some of the new arms will be game changers. Uh, the high altitude anti-aircraft systems, which I think aren't installed yet. And then these American drones, the switchblade drones, great name. Uh, are they, you know, are they going to make a difference? I don't know, but... Um, you know, in any any day now, some I mean, for example, if if they do, if Mariupol falls, I think that liberates a lot of Russian troops to uh, head toward the west to, to head and and, uh, and help close the deal of uh, you know probably enveloping all the I, eastern Ukraine troops plus go help with Kiev. I don't know. I haven't noticed a lot of stories about any Russian advances in the last couple of days. And there was a story about Ukrainian counterattacks that weren't intended to gain territory. They were just intended to kill a lot of Russians. right. In one case, they, they they destroyed eight helicopters, I think, and uh, that was the, that was the most effective. Um, but you know, as far as the material goes, and you're hearing, you know, and Ukraine has been very good about getting these pictures of destroyed uh, Russian tanks out there. But I, I think. Because they've been doing that, we have a pretty good idea of how much how much uh, the Russian arsenal has been depleted. And the official tracker guy, this guy everybody follows, uh, says that they that Russia has lost like 250 tanks uh, that, that have been verified visually. I think that's most of the ones they've lost. And by the way, 100 of those have changed hands. They are now functional tanks, apparently, in the hands of the Ukrainians. That matters still. 250 tanks is 2% of the number of tanks in the Russian army. And we've seen video within the last couple of days of railroad train heading from Siberia full of tanks. I mean, they can keep replacing that stuff for a long, long time. Um, I, I mean, I just don't know. I, I'd like to believe that uh, that the Russians are on their heels. And I do think, look, I, 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 they, they seem to me, the fact that there's as serious discussion as there is now of a deal with no actual move on Kiev, and not even the kind of bombardment that you do in preparation for one. I mean, there is some bombardment. That suggests to me what I've thought all along, that he'd be crazy to try to take Kiev, and maybe he's he's come to terms with it. He, he does not seem eager to do that. The only other thing I'd say is that according to is it Michael Kaufman, the you know, one of the the guys who who is now famous for being a Russian military expert, the Russians did I don't know, a week, 10 days ago or something, they did start to intentionally slow down and consolidate because they had gotten overextended. So the fact that they haven't been gaining a ton of ground, I would not, you know, necessarily uh, see as too much of a cause for cheer. I, I just, but I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. The, um, with the Chinese, uh, they seem to be flipping the last few days. They were, they were, Previously, sort of 
pledged fealty to Russia and everybody was worried of it. I guess they still are that they would start aiding Russia, but then they, 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 they sort of denounced the shooting in a food line in Mariupol, I guess it was. And, uh, uh, they seem to be softening their tone, and now they've talked to Biden, and I don't have any indication of what happened. But what what, what do you think? I mean, it, it, is it conceivable that well, they would so, uh, restrain they're, Russia? They're softening their tone in the English language, state-controlled media. I don't know right. whether they're changing uh, what they're telling the Chinese people. I, I think, yeah. Look, this is not what they were expecting. I'm sure all reports are that she is not happy with how badly uh, the invasion has gone. Um, you know, there's, there's two theories about China. One is, Oh, they, they love this, you know, Europe and the, and the U S distracted over here and, and, and with Russia sanctioned, they can get a great deal on commodities and everything. And they'll have a very dependent and nuclear armed client state and so on. And then the other you know, the other argument is, uh, well, they, they don't like being associated with uh, a, a regime as reviled as Russia is now. And beyond a certain point, they don't like instability. Um, what about and, they don't like to back the losing side? Well, there's that there's that, too. But um, I mean, the other the other thing I'd say is I think they've gotten a certain amount of what's good about this for them out of it already. In other words. I think under most scenarios about how this ends, assuming it doesn't end apocalyptically, which it could, um, th you know, the U.S. and Europe, the U.S. is going to be much more Europe focused than it would have been a year ago. Right. There will be a diversion of attention and military resources toward Europe. China likes that. That's pretty much guaranteed now. Um, so they may have kind of, you know, they may have gotten some of the. The benefit out of it. I don't look, I think I suspect if you had um, you know, a, a, again, like a Brzezinski, a Kissinger type thinker, they, they might be thinking creatively about how fundamentally changing relations with China over this, you know, and uh and 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 just you know, kind of leaving Russia out of the deal and 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 deploying China to end this on terms that are relatively well, you would favorable. think that's you would think that's the deal she would push, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll flip against Russia if you drop all this crap about the Uyghurs and Tibet and Hong Kong, uh, yeah. and that's the price of us, uh, you know, flipping. Yeah. Uh, and well, I don't think I don't think that's a price here's that Biden what, will meet. Here's what the headlines say: Not that these necessarily reflect what's happening in private, but a week ago, is Jake Sullivan saying, "If the Chinese don't respect sanctions, we will punish them." Uh, here is like yesterday uh, headline Blinken colon U.S. will punish China if it provides military aid to Russia. Now, here's a uh, from today's uh, New York Times. Biden tells she there will be consequences to helping Russia. And, you know, people who know more about these things than I. I mean, my first reaction to all this was um, call me old fashioned. But, you know, I thought like diplomacy consisted of not making it look like your opponent or your adversary or or whoever is doing what you want uh because you intimidated them you don't they don't want it to look like that so you don't you don't create that atmosphere right um and and it but then i thought look what what do i know about diplomacy but i have heard other people who 
know more about this say like this is really not the way this is done i mean especially you know it's like and, and, well, and can do? i just say this is such a neocon approach all sticks no carrots what I do mean, you do if what do you do when you're asked at a press conference you're tony blinken uh what are you going to do mr secretary if china arms russia well it depends well well first of all it's like they don't even have to ask we just sullivan blinken they just say this kind of shit and the other thing is there are lots of ways to say this. There are lots of ways to convey this. And, and you have to ask yourself, am I here preening for domestic political purposes or am I saying things that, that might pave the way for actual diplomacy? You know, sometimes there is a tension between the two. And I just think this administration's instinct is it's all about politics. I, th I think a lot of this I has agree been driven, that. period, I, about I, I by politics. I, and a lot of it is they, they, they're still scared of seeming weak. Totally. I guess that's, uh, it's post, like we uh, have to have a new thing we're doing to Russia every day. It's post-Kabul post syndrome. If Kabul hadn't happened, they wouldn't feel this incredible need. Yeah. Uh, um, if so, they were ahead in the polls, they wouldn't feel this incredible need. But there's, they're back. They're back in exactly the same situation before they before this alleged bounce that they were supposed to get from the State of the Union and the Ukraine business. Well, um, maybe this should tell them that a lot of Americans, you know aren't paying so much attention to Ukraine that it matters how they modulate their public utterances, you know? So maybe they have more room than they thought. I don't I, think that's what it means, though. Well, no, I think it may. <laughs> I think it may. I mean, I, I don't know. Although I guess working against that is the view, and you tell me about this, that uh, that that what this shows is that 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 in the wake of Ukraine, a Trumpist foreign policy vision is dead within the Republican Party. I mean, there was some vote in the House where like on Ukraine, I don't know the substance, but anyway, the kind of not pro-Ukraine vote was like seven people in the whole House, like Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, well, like four others. That's it. It it shows that if the aggression is sufficiently naked and, and illegal right. and unsympathetic, that the old Republican hawkish uh, sentiments will rise to the fore. It doesn't mean that they're ready for another Iraq war and getting involved in Syria and uh, the whole the whole project. And, uh, and uh, you know, John Podhorst, by the way, wrote a triumphalist, neoconservative has been vindicated article and commentary, which I have not read because it was paywalled. But um, both it and the critique of it were paywalled. It was extremely frustrating. Matt Tybee's critique yeah, was paywalled. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. win in this and, world. Anyway, but it, 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 the second thing is, of course, that voters care more about domestic policy than foreign policy. Uh, and I think that's what it's also showing. I'm, I'm actually, I think Biden's done pretty well. I'm actually quite grateful that he's been as sane as he has. He has rejected the no-fly zone. He's, you know, he's he, he hasn't... Uh, led with his lip nearly as much as I expected Joe Biden to do. And uh, well, he did uh, say Putin is a war criminal and, right, you know, right, 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 things you may right, or may right. not want to want. You may or may not tell want to tell Putin. But that, that was that was that was it. That was a he was giving a bone to the anti Putin crowd that let him get away with not doing the no fly zone. He, he was giving them rhetoric instead of arms, basically. Uh, eh. Rhetoric instead of military. I, I think he's got a lot time. of support. He's a guy, he, he has a, a heartening amount of elite support on no fly zone. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what about Blinken said there were no meaningful negotiations going on? I didn't know what he meant by that. Did he mean no meaningful negotiations between us and and 
Russia and China or that there are no meaningful negotiations going on when, when the Ukrainians meet with Russia? Because how could that not be meaningful? I don't know. I, I don't know what status is. I mean, you know, as you said, a certain amount of it's been just kind of third party like Turkey saying, well, Russia said they do this. I mean, apparently now Putin did say uh, he would meet with Zelensky. Uh, if I were Zelensky, I would have him go through a metal detector before, you know, okay. before he shows well, I up. Think, but- I think I think the reason he's at the end of that long table is because he wants, you know, you can't get him with an easy shot. If, if one of his generals decides to pull, <laughs> pull their sidearm on him, uh, they're, they're going to have to aim pretty carefully. It's not like he's right next to them. Speaking of which, uh, did you see I'm this? I'm somewhat paranoid in that regard. Did you see this Putin speech thing this morning? No. Well, it was a big Trump-like thing. It was like out, it was a, in a packed stadium in Russia, tens of thousands outside, you know. Uh, oh, I and, saw the pic, I saw the photo. Yeah, and then and then what was funny was uh, then suddenly in the middle of the speech, it's like the feed goes and they start replaying the festivities before that. And for like for like 10 minutes, people were going like, is this a coup? And I'm thinking like, I don't think you'd do a coup in front of 140,000 people. No, That's just but, but, least but anyway, I guess it was some technical screw up. But to me, it's interesting that he felt he had to do this because. I don't think Putin, one thing I got from this bio of him I'm reading is he does not like regular politicking. If he had his druthers, he'd never have to appear in public. And and I think it's interesting that he feels a need to rally the, the troops domestically like this. I guess I, in the what do the neocons want? I mean, I guess they want Putin. They certainly want the uh, well, uh, Walter Russell made use the word humiliated. He wants you know, him humiliated. Were, I think he used the word humiliated. I'll yeah, that, that's the other thing I recommend uh, with people who have nuclear weapons. It, it this it, this all does reek of a little Versailles. Uh, uh, the, the, uh, he's talking about G. We want to show he is capable of major miscalculations in world politics, and second, that he is unable to prevent the U.S. and its allies from humiliating Beijing's most important ally. Um, but are, are they going for the, 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 the double bank shot of getting rid of both Putin and Xi? And that's their ultimate wet dream, right? Get rid of them? Get rid well, of there, Xi? There's all this story about how Xi's, you know, in trouble. I, I, I find it, they even said he's in trouble if he, if he backs the loser. I don't think that I, th- I don't think that that seems wildly implausible. I don't think he's but in very much trouble. Chinese economic growth fell from 18% to 4%, Bob. That's a huge drop that has to be trouble for whoever's in charge. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the result of his socialization, anti-capitalist uh, moves. And that has to be the real source of his weakness. But that's a real weakness. Yeah, but I think he's, I he's rigged the system. I mean, both of them have rigged the system in their favor, just kind of structurally. And, and uh, now, now this is a year where she needs to at least go through the motions of getting reaffirmed. I think it's, it's some kind of. And, and some of the old retired mockers in China are speaking out against it. Uh, you know, it's against the invasion. Not, no, against G and against G being made, uh, you know, third term premier premier for life or whatever he's going for. Yeah, Well, I'm not, I don't know. Uh, I'm not an expert in Chinese politics. I mean, 
that would be interesting. Um, but I, 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 I mean, I do think our policy has been de facto one that tends to drive Russia and China together. And there's a lot of evidence of that, and, I, and I'm not in favor of that part. But uh, that was a, that was a good piece um, uh, by uh, by Kurt Schlichter, who's not a guy I normally follow slavishly. He's sort of an overwriter in the not an overwriter. He's a Kevin Williamson sort of. Hey, look at me! Look how great I'm writing. In, in line with the Matt Taibbi, Glenn Greenwald uh, the school of writing. But yeah, he I, said, look, uh, we should beat Putin, but we have to, A, A I think he endorsed the on-ramp, off-ramp uh, possibility. Good, good. But all the neocons are saying, forget off-ramps. Off-ramps are dead. Uh, even somebody who talked with Ezra Klein said, off-ramps are dead. There's no point in pursuing off-ramps anymore. Who was, who was that? Emma that Ashford. Was- Huh. Well, I, I, I'd, I'd like to know what she meant by that. I, I think mean, she's, she's I, a realist. I, I, she seemed very sensible. I think what she's she meant sensible. is that I think what she meant is that the, the Ukrainians aren't in the mood to give him an off ramp at the moment. I think that's what she meant. The, well, that could be. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, so she didn't mean what what Walter Russell Mead meant. Uh, but um, so she this- said oh, another reason, another reason for for not being Versailles like and going soft on Putin is we really want to ally with Putin against China, at least preserve the possibility that five years from now, when all this is forgotten, uh, you know, Russia and the U.S. can form a, a sort of, at least a triangulate, we can make Russia triangulate against China, at least at least they could be a counterweight to China. We don't want to, that's the obvious strategic move. And it seems he was right about that, I thought. I mean, I just don't well, buy the idea that we we that the the main the thing the one thing we have to have is a big enemy, right? It's like should we go with China against Russia, Russia against China? It's like uh, you know, I mean, I can see a scenario now where you where you move closer to China to put pressure on Russia in the short term, but just the idea that we really need to have a cold war of some kind, man. It's just in our it's in our blood. I just no, don't. No, but buy we it. have these we have these two. One and a half great powers who are saying the era of American dominance is over and we're going to get rid of American dominance. So that's at least adversarial. It's not a Cold War, but it's, you know, are they, the they're, at least American, our, they're at least our frenemy. The era of American dominance uh, will inevitably end. I mean, you know, we, we nothing lasts forever and we need to accommodate that we, we need to uh, do a graceful transition. It doesn't mean that we're subordinated to anybody. I mean, it, it, you know, this is why we should have been cultivating uh, respect for rules it's of the road and, and laws and things and, and prepare the, our, you know, the world. Uh, you know, if you're not going to be king of the jungle any forever, make it so it's not a jungle. We had the we had the opportunity to do that after the Cold War. We didn't. Um, we, you know, of course, you know, China is feeling roughly what we were feeling, you know, more than a century ago. We're rising power. We're going to throw our weight around. We did a lot more of it than they're doing. I mean, we did the fucking Philippines. But if, but if China were, if, 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 if China were a, a different kind of regime, yeah. if, say, the Tiananmen Square demonstrations had been successful, uh, welcoming China as a as a huge you know power equivalent to the United States would be a very different thing than recognizing the current regime of China as as uh, a a 
one pole in a multipolar world, right? Why? Because I mean, because they are somehow more threatening to us now, or because, or yes, for other considerations. They, they I just be, don't. I they just would don't be, agree. They would be willing to trade and be capitalists and a democracy, and we'd all get along and have meetings, and there'd be there'd be territorial disputes and military disputes, but it wouldn't be the same. Well, everything they wouldn't be running around saying the democracy and the Western idea is obsolete. We have a new, better system. They wouldn't be saying, and we wouldn't be worried about it. They are not, they have never shown the slightest desire to impose their system on us. Okay. This is the That's biggest. Than what I'm saying. We are the ones, we are the ones who travel around the world saying, if everybody doesn't emulate us exquisitely, you know, you're, you're the enemy. We're the ones who do that. China does not historically do that. The policy that, that we have pursued and that, that Biden and Sullivan and Blinken are emphatically pursuing only makes it more likely uh, that China will start behaving as if they are adversarial toward democracy. We're the ones insisting that the world be divided between democracies and autocracies. That's not their line. Now, if you sanction the shit out of them and keep lecturing them about how bad their system is, of course, they're going to ally with other such systems and they will strengthen one another. But this was not inherent. I mean, they're saying they okay. they don't want to impose their system on us. Are you saying they don't want the rest of the world to emulate their system as opposed to ours? I think they do. That's their default position has been that they don't feel strongly about it. They just want to do business with people and be left alone to mind their own business. Okay, that has been the Chinese philosophy. Now, you can argue that she is different and, and so on. There has been a change in tone. But I think you can very powerfully argue that uh, what change of tone there's been along those lines is is largely due to the way we have laid down the law and 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 uh, and insisted that uh, it's not acceptable for other countries to not emulate us, basically. And and, uh, you know, that's my view. I mean, along with the changes you inevitably expect with a rising power. Yeah, they're throwing their weight around more. Uh, I think we're allowed to say you don't want an Orwellian uh, police state. You mean in China or here? Yeah, in China. I'd rather not have one. But you know what I'd really not like is for the whole fucking planet to blow up. And my own view is that we have so many truly existential planetary threats that have to be dealt with that it would be gravely misguided for us to spend all our time delivering lectures to other countries that they're going to pay no attention to. And doesn't that, if the, anything, will make things worse there. Doesn't the threat of nuclear, nuclear annihilation sort of put the global warming threat in the shade? Well, that's I mean, a good example. That's my point. Have, that's my point. But, but, well, no, but I think, I, I think you, you focus on these multiple threats, one of which is global warming. I say global warming is second tier compared to nuclear annihilation. I think, relatively speaking, it's overrated. It's an important problem. But there's a bunch of arms control problems, not just nuclear, that are potentially existential, right. biological, you, weapons in space. Did you did did you see the? Um, this was in John Ellis's news items. Uh, there's a there's a technique to come up with new molecules to fight disease. Uh, you know, a computer program. I guess it's artificial intelligence directed, and they come up with molecules that fight disease. And it's very promising. But if you tweak it a little it comes up with molecules that are toxic. And they tweaked it a little, and within six hours, I think, they came up with 4,000 new toxic 
molecules, some of which are probably more toxic than anything you know we currently know about. That's a good example. Uh, so that would that would be an example. In I just say, yeah, in this kind of world. But that seems unstoppable. If that's if that's well, it's a, it's a yeah. it, bio, biological weapons are a huge challenge, and, and uh, but if you have an existential challenge that's huge, you have to try to confront it, and you cannot confront it in the middle of an intense Cold War when you're barely speaking to uh, other major powers. You're just not going to know what's going on there, and and that's going to uh, put political pressure on you to develop your own biological weapons. And the same is true in all these these areas um so so you're you're saying take the deal or are you something some say something oh well as for the deal i mean that's a different i mean look i am uh i'm ambivalent about uh, you know again i'm 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 big on international law i hate reinforcing people for invasion but i suppose you'll have to accept some version of that uh i just you know, um, I, I, I wish the Russian people, people have to have to realize that Putin didn't get much for this, and there are a lot of dead, a lot of dead Russians, even if they're not World War II level. I don't think I don't Vietnam I, level. I, I, I really do. I, I don't know much about Russian politics, but I think you know he has control of state media, which for a big chunk of Russians is basically media, and uh, you know he can. He can say, see, I told you uh, these republics are independent. Now, now I made uh, the Ukrainians respect that. They didn't respect that until I sent the troops in. Uh, I told them they couldn't join NATO. They wouldn't agree to that until I sent the troops in. They weren't recognizing Crimea until I sent the troops in. I, I, think, I think he can sell this. Uh, but I, I'm not an expert, but I think he All can right. sell it. Um, speaking of uh, a tangential issue with, uh, you know, there's been a lot of hysteria in the United States surrounding this uh you know we have uh uh you know joy reed suggesting putin be assassinated we have people saying that tucker carlson should be in jail we have Mitt romney talking about uh treasonous remarks by tulsi gabbard however you pronounce her name uh and th that's also there's also sort of a a, a whitewashing going on i'm, I'm for Zelensky. i think he's a hero love him but I just re I, I just came across this whole thing that I haven't even heard, heard you mention that his before this be war, really crazy then. his primary opponent was under house arrest during Medvedchuk. the Medvedchuk is his name what during the, uh, an election or something or, or well after the election he won the election and then uh, and then at, at some point he was prevailed you know this guy w was the leader of the opposition party and he controlled three television stations there were spewing yeah, out uh, Putin propaganda. And at one point he said, I'm closing the television stations and putting this guy under house arrest. And I think he only escaped when the Russians invaded. And now they don't know where he is, but he's not under house arrest well, anymore. Well, I knew he closed down but, the opposition uh, and, media. And there's this foreign policy article saying, finally, uh, Zelensky acts against this guy. Well, that's those are the those are the actions of a, of a tin pot third, third world dictator. They're not actions of a democratic leader. He's throwing his opponent in jail, and at least it shouldn't be celebrated. Maybe he has to do it. Lincoln did a bunch of crap in the Civil War that, you know, was along the same lines. But uh, nobody talks about this. Everybody well, talks about him like, like you know, he's, uh, I don't know, Norm Ornstein or somebody, you know? 
<laughs> wait, what is that? I should, mean? I should morph. I should morph his face and Norm Ornstein. Wait, wait, wait. Be, Spell that out. So Norm Ornstein's this political <laughs> analyst at uh, AEI who comes up with good quotes and I I, I like I I I know uh, I don't I think it, he's gone off the he's gone off the deep end. Well, you know his his son died and he, uh, but but, right. but he used to be he used to be the voice of centrist reason. He was the king of quotes. He would give you the the basic sensible centrist Brookings Institute, and then and then he turned wildly anti-Trump, democracy is in peril, and uh, went a little berserk. Yeah, yeah, but he seemed to me, as far as high-intensity versions of that went, he seemed to me pretty somehow reasonable. Well, I'm sure you could have a reasonable art conversation with him. Yeah. You know, he's the I same like him. person. Um, but, uh, you know. But, uh, wait, was it? so on that, though, I mean, look, I agree. Uh See, the reason I haven't been going on and on about how Ukraine isn't a very liberal democracy and it's a very corrupt state, both of which are true, is that to me, that doesn't matter as far as the right wrong question on the right. invasion. It's it's it, one sovereign nation invaded another one. Case right. closed. Right. Russia, the but, Russia, Russia is a criminal. But right. as you know, but I you're right. I don't quite buy that framework. I know you don't, but well, and America isn't. I mean, almost everyone is putting this in terms of, you know, like they ask Ro Khanna, like Max Blumenthal cornered Ro Khanna. You know, Ro Khanna is a pretty progressive, reasonable voice on foreign policy. And uh, and he's, you know, he was he had just voted to, you know, send a bunch of stuff to Ukraine, I guess. And and Max was like challenging him and and. Uh, and he was saying, you know, he's saying, why should we do this? Uh, and Rokana is like, well, they're democracy, they're this, they're that, they're that, they're that. and he never said it, it's a violation of international law to invade a country. It was all, and that's the way well, it's being I think played. He probably realizes over. that saying something is a violation of international law doesn't have much cachet with the voters. Kana is speaking to the voters. He's going to talk about what will move the voters. And Violate, violating internationally recognized boundaries is not something that voters care about. Are you? I'm sorry. Are you trying to rain on my presidential aspirations, <laughs> Mickey? No, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm lauding Ro Connors. You know, I was going to bring him up. People are, Sanders is trying to push him to run for president. I think he's, he, okay, he's on a, foreign policy, he's pretty damn good. And I actually he's, think he's somebody who would not mind if it occurred to him to say that something's a violation of international law. He's, he's terrible on immigration. He's uh, dead to me. Okay. Well, he'll be sorry um, to hear that. But uh, uh, anyway, everyone, everyone is putting, you know, and that that does get to me a little when when Zelensky positions himself as the guardian of liberal democracy, and he just closed all the opposition media, you know, uh, now, you know, and they they do other stuff now, uh, you know, like the the Russian language stuff, trying to push it out of uh, uh, that you was. Know, that was one of Putin's demands, but it was considered an easy one to meet. I think it is because Not some of the most noxious anyway. sounding laws aren't really enforced anyway. Right, exactly. like, like there's a law that if you're a shopkeeper in, in an area that only speaks Russian and somebody walks in, you have to greet them in Ukrainian right. and keep speaking Ukrainian unless they say. Unless they utter the, the same I'd word. rather speak Russian. Right. That's the law. <laughs> I don't think it's enforced. The. Um, um, the, uh, the there was a there was a battle, or an early battle like weeks ago, uh, that was chronicled in some detail in the Wall Street Journal, and it was in an area that speaks mainly Russian, 
yet the people were fighting vigorously, viciously to vigorously to save Ukraine, and they managed to to give the Russians a huge defeat. Uh, and, and that was sort of some evidence of the, uh, I think it was Laurent Ruzikas, uh, one of our commenters, chastised you for not realizing that Russian-speaking areas are pro-Ukraine too. And, and it's possible that in these negotiations, Putin is asking, you know, for these, these areas that want to stay in Ukraine to be part of the independent Donbass region. And uh, well, I think that, the war itself bad. has turned some Ukrainian Russia sympathizers into non-Russia sympathizers. And, and, and you know, it, it was a complicated landscape to begin with. That's true. Um, but, uh, and, yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, we have one Rokana supporter. He, he, is, he, is sort of, he sort of said, even if Biden doesn't run, he's not running. But I guess nobody believes him since he's obviously running. I mean, he's one of these people who's obviously running for president 24 hours a day. What is, what is his uh, ethnic background? Is he Indian or what? I don't know. He's some... Uh, he's, not, he's not Latino. He's not black. He's not white. So he's some... Uh, I, I don't know aside from that. Um, uh, anyway. Um, I'm just wondering if he has yeah. uh, like a built-in diaspora constituency or anything there's the the indian diaspora constituency is huge is very powerful not as powerful as some others but they can raise a shitload of money mm -hmm. uh so um yeah that isn't that is significant i agree uh so i have there's some other things to talk about if you're sick of talking about ukraine uh let me see if there's anything else i wanted to say about it Quickly, I don't think. Uh, no, I, the the only other thing I'd say is uh, as for Biden, as for Biden's response, I mean, you know, it's easy for all these Republicans to say sanction the shit out of them, which Biden did, but he's the one who's going to be blamed for the inflation, and the right. Democrats right. are going to be blamed for the inflation. They're going to suffer for it at the polls. So I just would say, good luck, Joe. The um, uh, do you think that a, a, well? I don't. I don't understand. They they, they say okay, we sanctioned the hell out of you, but if you use chemical arms, they're going to be sanctioned. Okay, we've already thrown everything at him right. that no, we it's can. A, it's a real concern. Uh, yeah. What else? What else do we have to throw at him if he uses chemical weapons? Uh, and uh, the um, the the one critique of the right that I I I can't get my mind around is. Taking the taking things off the table, and so we took our the idea that our military would be involved in a war in Ukraine off the table. And some people say, even if you don't intend to do it, you should maintain some uncertainty. I sort of think, in order to maintain public support, Biden had to say that. But what's your line on that? That's the one critique well, I people I, I respect make that critique. I think he also had to say it uh, for another domestic political reason, which is just to just to stop the blob, especially neocon onslaught in its tracks, like just say it publicly so it's credible and, and they just will will not but hound they, him so much to, to they send were troops they in. were even they were even too timid to do it before he'd stop before he issued that thing. I mean, you look at you look at what Ann Applebaum and the people were writing. They weren't saying we should intervene militarily. Maybe yeah. they would have edged up to it as the as the conflict pursued and they would have said. Send some planes. Why not send some fighters? Send some trainers. 
I mean, but well, and, uh, and it's not over. Nobody, I mean, nobody, look. nobody, nobody could. No, they all realized they couldn't get away with saying let's send troops after Afghanistan. It's just not going to happen. Uh probably. Even if, even but, if Putin didn't have nuclear weapons, it wouldn't happen. Probably, but in terms of pressure to escalate generally, no fly zones and planes, whatever. You know, the game isn't over. Like this theater in Mariupol, I mean, do we know what the deal is in the basement? There could be a whole bunch of dead people there as we speak, right? Or what? Have you heard? What no, the- I haven't heard. Well, I've heard, I- I've heard that. I've heard good news. The bomb didn't penetrate to the basement, but I haven't heard. And hundreds of people left the building safely. I haven't heard. That. They've gotten some out. But uh, but anyway, my point is, um. You know, if you have a situation where Ukraine is kind of on its heels and there's a couple of huge atrocities, that can change the game in terms of what there's political pressure to do. I don't understand this uh, this writing of ch- children on the side of a building. How is that? Are the, the pilots always check and see what's written on the side of a building? I, mean, yeah, I think no. it was I think it was in the parking lot in stones or something. It was in I two mean, places. The, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't just on the walls. You would have been able okay. to. I, I mean, look, there's a whole there's a whole conspiracy theory from the Russian side uh, that that this is all a, you know an Azov brigade thing, um, and but uh, or a false flag theory or something. Well, you don't even come close to buying that, do you? No, oh, I don't. I mean, I have no idea. They're they're, they're uh, you know, uh, I assume it's wrong, um, but you know, I, I haven't looked into it. Um, the Iran talks are back on. That's another topic. The looks like the Russians decided not to sabotage them, or we we somehow stymied them by Iran wants it so much that we said we'd go ahead with it anyway, and they've reached some sort of compromise. So you think that's a good thing, right? Walt, that's another thing Walter Russell Mead said we should forget about. Forget about the Iran talks for a while while we pursue Putin. Yeah, no, it's win win for him if we, you know, uh, but uh. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, I think we started saying to Russia, well, we don't really need you for this deal anyway. R- right. Russia, Russia wanted to demand that there be some carve out from the, I think, the Ukraine related sanctions of some of the stuff they were going to do with Iran or something. I don't know. But 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 I think we started they, threatening that we could figure out a way to do this without them. Yes, that's right. But so, so you should be happy. Yeah, but you know, I've I've spent so much of my life on the Iran deal roller coaster that I just barely pay attention anymore. I mean, it's it's uh hope it happens. Could have happened earlier. Bob. What? You're gonna have to get more excited than that if you're gonna live up to your uh, the funny thing heritage. is, you know, it, it, we do not look like each other. I'm sorry, we don't. Uh, folks on on audio only, he's he's doing the McFall right morph thing again. Mm-hmm. I, I think you take almost any two people and make their faces the same size and do the morph thing. And I don't know. Well, I'd that's like what you, it's it's beginning to make me doubt. Go ahead, sorry. I was just gonna say, can you slow down the transition? I want to see what our love child looks like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh you mean stop it in mid in stop mid-transition? It in midstream yeah uh the the, the 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 key to this this morphing technology is the transition period is in, is ephemeral there actually is no prolonged transition period it just sort yeah, of yeah but if you slowed it down there flipped. would be one right that's the whole point of morphing isn't it if and i knew how to if i knew how to slow it down we'll work on that we'll get somebody but, on um, that. it's it's making me doubt the the chelsea 
Webb Hubblemorph, which I was my lodestar. Actually, it, it, it's it. It will never make me doubt the Ronan Farrow Frank Sinatra morph, which is no, that's that's dead on. Case closed. But, <laughs> but, um, uh, but the the Chelsea, although although as Ronan Farrow said, any number of every child could be Frank Sinatra's <laughs> or something. But uh, yeah, uh, Web Hubble. Ah, I don't know. Couldn't she do uh, better than that? Anyway, the um. This is a digression. We love digressions. The young Webb Hubble was quite attractive. The, uh, he was but a don't you see player, some Bill and Chelsea? In the court. I see a lot yeah, of Bill and Chelsea. I, I worry if you, if you, if you did a, a morph of Bill and Chelsea, it might be convincing too. You mean Bill and Hillary or Bill and Chelsea? Yeah, Bill and Chelsea. I don't think what it'd be as get? convincing. You would get Webb Hubble? What do you mean? <laughs> no. Well, that would prove that Chelsea was Bill Clinton's daughter. I shocking, think if you did a morph, shocking as that would be, I think if you did a morph of Bill and Hillary, you would get Chelsea. That's what I'm saying. She oh, has okay. a lot of Bill in her. But wouldn't it be why? Why not eliminate the middleman and go right for Bill? This, and this is this is parrot room <laughs> fair. The, the the general public deserves okay. better. They do. They're not. Yes. They're getting what they paid for. Um, if that. Uh, um. Okay. Well. Uh, so do you. you uh, did you hear about that uh, drone that strayed from Ukrainian airspace and flew into Croatia and blew up? Did this it is, kill anybody? This is how World War III starts. It, it damaged 40 cars, but didn't hurt anybody. But the thing is, it flew over two NATO member countries. I mean, it went a long way <laughs> and then blew up, landed and blew but, up. I mean, but the NATO, the NATO member countries aren't going to start World War III just because a drone flies over their airspace. No, but suppose it landed there and blown up a bunch of kids, and they and they sit and they looked at it, and it's a Russian drone. They don't know if it's a Russian or Ukrainian drone. Right, but I think even if they did, even if they knew it was a Russian drone, they wouldn't let it start World War Three. Probably not. They're not idiots. It's the Turkish drones that apparently are proven game changers because they changed the war in Armenia. Yeah, but I'm uh, and then and the Turkey is is shipping some of them to the Ukrainians. I don't understand why there's so few of them. I thought the whole point of drones is you could mass manufacture them, and they say we're sending 13 drones. Well, is that that important? I mean, they blow themselves up, then you have 12 drones. I mean, have they? Has Turkey sent more since the war started? Supposedly, I think they were going to send more. Yes, because huh. I thought uh, they were kind of in, worried. About, they're trying to stay on kind of good terms with Russia. I mean, like, why aren't they sending a whole lot more? They're NATO members. I, somehow a, a few drones go a long way. I don't quite understand it. Uh, they could use more. Um, There's no such thing as too many drones, I've always said. But the American uh, switchblades are coming. But like I'd say that the, I would rather have a Turkish drone than an American switchblade. Well, it's two kinds of switchblades, it turns out. There's two kinds of switchblades. There's a little one, and then there's a big one, it turns out. So oh, Okay. The big ones loiter, they loiter, which is legal apparently in Ukraine. Loiter. They lo what do you mean? They hang around until they it's see a term them and they for, blow It's a term up? for a kind of drone. Drone, yes, one that can hang around a while. They call them loitering drones. And the little ones don't loiter. Apparently not. Not for long. Not for long enough to be considered loiterers. You would think it'd be the other way around. Much harder to have a big drone in the sky than a little drone. Um. Shows you what I know. Well, but if they have, to, but if they carry. 
I think the little ones are suicide drones. I'm not sure if both are. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Maybe that's the only difference is, um, that, is loitering time and they're both suicide. That would, be, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, so uh, there are other things to talk about. There's will COVID come back? There's Hunter Biden. There's Judge Jackson. There's Title 42 at the border. I know you're very excited about that, Bob. Uh, well, will COVID come back? Let me ask you that. Uh, well, the answer seems to be yes, but maybe not come back in sufficient strength that it uh, causes anybody to reverse the rush toward normalization that we're under now. Mm. Uh, Fauci has said he might have to bring back masks. Uh, hard to believe they can get away with that. But uh, it depends how bad it is, obviously. Bring it back, yeah. If it's, if it's the strain that combines the worst of uh, you know, Omicron and Delta is deadly but infectious, they'll have to bring them back. If it's just more infectious, a more infectious version of Omicron, which is what they think it'll be now, as is going on in Britain, it, it doesn't really seem to, doesn't seem to be enough. You know, their 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 cases are like doubling, but they, uh, they have they but, have more they have almost tripled since February twenty seventh. Really? Oh. I'm looking at it. But now. Th there's not a widespread lockdown move in Britain. There was, there was an article in Fox about the 10 mistakes that were made in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it was actually uh, very convincing and sensible. I was shocked. Um, uh, and I will, I will read you the 10 things that they got wrong in the pandemic and see what okay. you think. Okay. Uh, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting there. Um, damn, it's been taken over by the trans swimmer. Yeah, uh, she is uh, getting some blowback from, I, I saw a fellow, you know, I mean, a, a swimmer on a competing team. Uh, I think you're going to see more of this. Um, oh, totally. You're going to see the, you're going to be celebrations around the woman who comes in number two while everybody ignores the winner. It's going to be like they're going the to start end of Ford. It's going to be like the end of Ford versus Ferrari where the hero is ignored. They'll have alternative uh, medal ceremonies. The, the woman who came in second was the, the bronze, me, the, the, sorry, the uh, I think the silver medalist at the Olympics. So she's not exactly chopped liver. I wouldn't um, expect the person who came in second to be chopped liver. Right, but it's like, you know, she's like the best, 10 biggest COVID mistakes. She's, she's obviously worth celebrating. Um, 10 biggest COVID mistakes from Dr. Macri. Uh, one, surface transmission. Worrying about surface transmission. Oops, that wasn't important. No hospital visitation, uh, deny people the ability to see their loved ones. He thinks that was cruel. Uh, closing schools, that's the big one. I think the, the battle for the public opinion has been completely won, and there are all these statistics coming out showing that it, it, closing schools had a huge effect on kids, and especially on minority kids. It, it exacerbated uh, the, the, the differences between the races, and... In, on balance was not a good idea. Do you disagree with that? Uh, the numbers do seem um, alarming. The uh, yeah. 
I mean, the the the, uh, the the test scores for all students kind of declined during this, but but less for whites than for others. Right. Uh, ignoring natural immunity, uh, downplaying therapeutics, and the therapeutic that turned out to be most ignored was not ivermectin, championed by you, Bob, but it was fluvoxamine. Fluvoxamine, championed by me. Well, championed by Robert Malone too, I think, or championed oh, really? by some one of those guys. Right. It's the one. It's also an antidepressant. I mean, it does everything. Right. It's yeah. No, it's it's. What um, is that? Is that um, Prozac or what? No, I think it's its own thing. Fluvox. Otherwise, otherwise it would be uh, Prozac. So, so that was not Prozac. just uh, didn't just protect you against long COVID. I thought maybe it just protected you against the, uh, you know, the the. Brain fog, but I don't know. Uh, Macri says fluvoxamine, a $10 antidepressant that has been available for years, was found in two reputable studies to reduce COVID death up to 91% in the latest study. And no study suggests it is not effective. Yet few doctors are aware of these data because our public health officials had never talked about fluvox. They focus only on vaccination. And they worry, I think they worry if they talk about these remedies that people won't get vaccinated because they figure I can always get Flovox. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the Robert Malone theory. Yeah. It's a conspiracy. Well, it's not crazy. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, there is, there is a, you know, there, that, that, that's a, it, it, it's a, the government has a history of reacting viciously against policy competitors, even if they were good. So is your sense that right a, now, the the pandemic is kind of briefly over and, and everyone's out. Like, are they wearing masks in Southern California? Uh, there, I would say one fifth of the people are wearing masks. There's a lingering minority, uh, but it's definitely a minority. And it's, a, uh, you know, so yes, I think it's. Uh, and you're out, they, you're out maskless, like. Surfing. California is still Southern California is still a little paranoid compared with back east. Back east is looser, I think. Hmm. New York has opened up. I hear. Uh, I have in good authority. New York has opened up more than California. Hmm. Put it that way. Um, uh, not spacing out vaccine doses is another one. They've you know only, only lately have they said you could space out the doses, but before they. We're pedal to the metal, not spacing out the doses. I don't quite understand why. Uh, I guess the answer is that neurotic yuppies demanded the second dose, maybe. I don't know. Um, I would have been annoyed if they delayed me. Well, you know, the so official could... guidance was, are they saying the official guidance on the second dose was wrong? Yes. They would, if they'd waited more, yeah, well, it would have been more uh, effective. It wasn't yuppies who did it. It was That's what they told us to do. We did it. I, I, yeah, but my, if they told if they told me, sorry, sorry, Mickey, you have to wait another month to get this while we give the vaccine to the third world or we give the vaccine to other people. Yeah, I would have been annoyed if I thought it would help me. And my my immunity disappeared pretty damn quickly. So, you, what you got your antibodies tested? Yeah, kind of guy you are before the third one. Before the third one, mm. uh, you careful. But, um, that, I think that was routine with my doctor. They give you an antibody test. That's because that's the kind of doctor you associate with. The no, rest of I us. think it's 
I think the rest of us, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's right. I think a lot of people get anybody test. Beverly Hills doctors. What I give for a Beverly don't Hills go to doctor. Beverly, don't go to Beverly. I my GP is not a Beverly Hills doctor. My dermatologist, on the other hand, who you don't want to know. Can can we say office on Rodeo Drive? You know, next, you know, you know what that explains? The, next to the Armani boutique. You know what that explains, Mickey? It explains my beautiful why skin. You look marvelous. You look marvelous. There you go. Um, cloth masks. I haven't, I haven't seen him since but, COVID. Cloth, cloth masks. That that was another mistake. Yeah, they died young. I haven't Ma seen. Yeah, they, they were. You do, you do what you can. I'm sure that prevented a few cases. I think he says they should have figured out which mask worked before they. Ideally, before hey, they required him. It was and a whole also, new thing. He's also pissed about masking toddlers. Uh. Uh, promising no vaccine mandates, then breaking that promise. Uh, he also promised that if you get the vax, you don't have to mask. And then we got the mask, and we still have the vax at the mask. It was Joe Biden who double-crossed us there. Um, Perfidious. Uh, downplaying the lab leak. I know that's the one close to your heart. Oh, uh, there is, you know, there was one one lab leak. You know, in the ongoing lab leak dialectic, the latest is so, uh, you know, there was this wave of pro lab leak news. And then there was all of this evidence that the market actually was kind of the epicenter of the outbreak per se. And then right, the counterclaim was, well, OK, but maybe somebody came from the lab to the market. Right. That was my conspiracy theory. They were intentionally set from well, the not everybody went that far. I mean, I mean, if that's the case, actually, that's the one theory that is insulated from what I'm about to say. The 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 more common thing was, well, okay, but but you know, somebody from the the lab happened to go to the market, and so it spread at the market. But somebody pointed out, like, this is a very big city with a lot of places with people in close proximity where you could have gone and turned it into the epicenter of the outbreak. Isn't it a hell of a coincidence that the place the guy happened to go to was the one place where it could have originated? Uh, um, and that's a good point, except unless you have the, the crazy conspiracy theory that you just blessed us with. Thank you. Well, it could be an accidental lab leak and somebody went shopping at the nearby market. How is that? That's not so crazy. No, no, no. But you, you understand what I'm saying? You, you know how people said, wait a second. What are the chances that the city the outbreak happens to, you know, happen at at a seafood market is also the city that has a bio lab? What are the chances? Well, this is the exact same kind of logic. OK, so let me run by it again. What are the chances that of all the places in this huge city where there is enough density of commerce and people that you could start an outbreak? What are the chances that the one place this person happened to go to from the, the lab? Is the one place where it where the where the thing could actually originate because you have all this wildlife. Okay, you get it. Uh, right. <laughs> I I guess that's right. But the chances, you know, it was right across the street. That's makes it. I, it a wasn't more right across the street. It wasn't right across. There are the two street. labs. It's right across the street from one lab and very far away from the other lab. Are you making that up? You're making that up. No, I think that's right. Maybe <laughs> no, you I'm think it's it. right. You think it's right? I think Everything, I'm right. I think I'm right. Um, uh, <laughs> what, the, uh, what, the, what the hell? But I, thought, I, thought, I thought there's been a pro-lab leak uh, counter counterattack because they're discovering that the virus was 
prevalent uh, way before this market incident. So that sort of throws that it originated in the market sort of uh, into a cocked hat because they're discovering it yeah. in blood samples of people, I assume, who, you know, two months earlier were nowhere near the market. So Okay. Well, uh, that would be strong evidence. Of something. And you think it's not strong evidence that came from a lab. It could have come from an animal somewhere else. Right. right. Well, I don't, um, I don't have a dog in this fight. I remain a, a, a I, confirmed agnostic. I tend to respect Sir Matt Ridley. Sir Matt Ridley. I know Sir Matt Ridley better than you do. Because dude. Sir Matt Ridley was very gracious when your book on evolutionary psychology came out, competing with his book on evolutionary psychology. We were both gracious. He didn't seem to be jealous or hostile. We were both like that. I've stayed, you know, I've stayed at his place. Um, in, in Newcastle on time. I didn't realize that. Um, it's true. And I forget, how did, how did he become sir? There was some story behind that. He is, you know, whatever the, I mean, his father, you know, the, uh, he is, he's a lord. I mean, his yeah, no, father was in the House of Lords. He is in the House of Lords. But his father did something, I think, to put him in the House of Lords. Maybe he's I'm wrong. probably got born to somebody in the House of Lords. I mean, you know, they are. So. Is the term landed gentry? Is that the term in England? What is? I don't the term? think that's it. I don't think that's it. Well, let me just say they got a nice place in Northern England, <laughs> okay? okay? And and, and okay. it looks like the house has been around for several centuries, okay. and it's been in the family the whole time. Okay, boosters for young people is another mistake. Uh huh. Uh, and that's it. That's 10. But there's nothing crazy. There's nothing insane there. No. Uh, so it's so not that's even a, really that enough. Was a, is that on the Fox News site? Yes. And it's not, it's not enough to justify fire Fauci immediately. But, mm. uh, but it's yet, yet it's 10, 10 possible fuck-ups. You want to hear a headline that was on the Fox News site yesterday? Day before? Um, Ready for this? Sure. Russian model who trashed Putin on social media found dead in suitcase. The, yeah, that was on Drudge, too. It turns out it was a dispute about money. It turns out her boyfriend, her boyfriend killed her, and everybody knew it. It had nothing to do with Putin. But it's still a good headline. Um, it is still a good headline. So um, <laughs> we, so. we've been talking well over an hour, Mickey. I know, I know it goes by so fast you don't realize it. Um. So that yeah. means at a minimum that we save Hunter Biden for the parrot room, I think. Okay, save Hunter Biden for the parrot room, save, save, save Asia hate crimes for the parrot I guess. room. Now, you got to keep track of yours. I take, you know, you're responsible for remembering to talk about yours. Okay. I'm responsible uh, for remembering. You want to know what I'm going to talk about? But the, some of the ones I've talked about are, are so boring that if I mention them, they would actually discourage people from going to the parrot room. Maybe you shouldn't talk about this. Civil service reform, Bob? Oh, Mickey, please. It's you, my blood. Mickey, be a shame if you had to do the parrot room alone, you know? <laughs> yeah, I have exciting things to say about civil service reform. Anyway, go ahead. Well, what uh, I'm going to talk about is the Michael McFall Apology of the Week. I, I think last week, either here or in the parrot room, I said to you, every three days, the guy has to issue an apology for some tweet. And I don't think there was one today. Was there one today? No, it was the one uh, last week. Uh, in fact, it happened. It wasn't a tweet. It was something he said on MSNBC. MSNBC tweeted it, and then he got into trouble. It was about Hitler. It was Hitler-related. But um, uh, um, avoid Hitler. 
That's just my my message to Michael McFaul. Anyway, we're what talking if, about that. Yeah. What if Hitler had nuclear weapons? I've been thinking that. I think that that would be a way to oh, he tried. mention Hitler, mention Hitler in a way that would completely get me into trouble. Yet it's actually kind of interesting. How how do you negotiate with Hitler if he has nuclear weapons? I guess He's gotten them first. Carefully would be the answer. Um you know, he might have if he hadn't alienated uh, the people who wound up, some of the people who wound up inventing them. Um, karma. Karma. And then there's the question of Heisenberg, you know. Was Heisenberg, the Heisenberg defenders claim that he intentionally sab sabotaged the German version of the project, I think. Others aren't so sure. Um, anyway, uh, so... Uh, our commenters uh, want us to continue to talk about the Natalie Wood uh, death theory and, and the O.J. Simpson thing. I saw a little of this Oliver Stone documentary on called Ukraine on Fire. Is that it? Or Ukraine burning, Ukraine on fire. Uh, I'm going to talk That's a little bit banned, about that. has been banned, right? Mm, it's on YouTube. I think it was banned from Amazon or something. Because um, it's too pro-Russian? It is pro-Russian. It's yeah. the Russian. It's just the Russian side of the story. I have a little to say about that. Um, but this thing with putting his, with a point I forgot to make, with Zelensky putting his opponent under house arrest, that apparently supposedly is is right when Putin started the buildup. In reaction to that, I mean, he was Putin's guy, and he was spewing propaganda, and he, he shut it down, and that's what provoked. That may have been the, you know, that may have been the straw that broke the camel. I hadn't heard that theory. Anyway, go ahead. Um, uh, I may vent a little in a preliminary way about Timothy Snyder. You know who he is, right? Yeah, he seems he's everybody respects him and he seems sort of extreme. I just listened to most of the Ezra Klein podcast with him. I'll listen to the rest, but oh. Yeah, like I mean, is fascism I, is all the same. Well, it, this wasn't so much about fascism. It was about Putin and Ukraine. And uh, I, I just he just seems completely unreliable as an analyst. I, I just uh, so I'll vent slightly and ask you whether I should write a whole piece about him, I guess. OK, I'll give I, you know what my answer is, but. Um, Your answer is always yes. That's why. why not I'm, anything better I, to write about. Um, Oh, you don't think yes. it's interesting? No, I think you should definitely write it. I think it's very interesting. Um, and it'll be controversial and it'll get you in a shitload of trouble. That's that's what we seek reason. in life. That's what I want. Um uh we have uh uh the the result of the poll of who will lose their job first, Jeffrey Tubin, Jeffrey Goldberg, oh or Vladimir Putin. Oh, I failed to I poll. didn't see the tweet, so I didn't retweet it. You did the you poll on Twitter? Poll. I did the poll. Oh, and that's we that's have a, a great that's a great parent room tease. We have Folks, a winner. There's only um, one place you can find out the uh, results. That's patreon.com uh, slash parrot room. I'm sure you listened to the Steve Earl songs I sent you. Uh, it's on my list. It's on my list. We have an hour and a half, Bob. Uh, yeah. Um, um, and, uh, and we have my favorite piece of writing every week. I take the highlights of that. I'm not going to tell you what my favorite piece of writing every week is, Bob, because that would destroy the suspense. Wait a second. Is this something from the John Ellis newsletter? 
No, it's not even from the. That's a departure. That's a departure. This isn't such. I've mentioned this before. It isn't such a departure. Okay. Um. And I don't know what else. Maybe I'll think of something from this Putin bio I'm I'm reading to mention. There's there's an academic uh, controversy on. uh, There are all these studies that shows that preschool sucks basically, and actually makes outcomes worse for children who are enrolled in preschool. Worth considering when the Democrats are trying to spend billions of dollars. That's actually interesting. Trillions on preschool. That's actually interesting. I I would rank that. Hard to figure out why that would be, but there is a theory. There is a theory that seems semi-plausible. I would like to discuss this before we discuss civil service reform. Okay. Um, uh, so anyway, I, you wanted five. That's five. Yeah, that was about five for me. I think right. There's, is Judge Jackson soft on pedophilia? But I don't have strong opinions on that. Well, I think we should do our best to get to the bottom of that. And and so you said you are going to talk about Hunter Biden. So this is good. This this is good. It's good good parrot room we got coming up. Um, and, uh, so I guess that's it. Do we have the actual parrot? We have the parrot, but one of our viewers suggested that I should figure out how to mute myself while I talk and then open it up for when the parrot talks. So it looks like the parrot is just saying things. Oh, that would be a cool effect. That would be very cool. You talk about your deep faith. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, my God. It's so lifelike. I tell you, you make, you make Edgar Bergen look like Mickey Kouse. You talk about your references that nobody listening to this will get. Was that his name, Edgar Bergen? You're muted, Mickey. Nobody can hear you. I didn't hear what the bird said. Maybe you should just tell us. You're muted. You're muted, Mickey. You're No, you're still muted. And now the bird is talking. You got to unmute when the bird talks, Mickey. This is um, really oh. complicated. Okay? <laughs> I just realized something about this bird. Unless we hear you say it before the bird says it, we we have no idea what the bird is saying because the bird does not do a very good job of enunciating. Okay, this is I, I this is it's an interesting phenomenon. Oh, I know what else I'm going to talk about. My dream. I had a dream. You're not okay. reacting, but that <laughs> my dream, right down dream. Okay. Uh, great. It's not um, that interesting. I'm just, but it's my dream. And so it's special to me. Okay. Do I have to justify every dream I talk about? No. Uh, okay. So we're heading off into the sunset. My right? dream and I'll talk about it if I want to. Okay. If I want to. Yeah. It's my parrot room, my dream. And we'll talk about it there. Okay. See you. See there. you.